wide to the left. Brady looking the other way. Brady going deep down the right sideline for Evans. He makes the catch. He's in for the score. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And what you just heard right there on the call by Al Michaels, the legendary Al Michaels, the undisputed great Al Michaels. And I was so happy that he got to call this now looking in hindsight. But that right there, folks, was the final touchdown pass of Tom Brady's incredible, remarkable 22-year career in the NFL as he threw that pass to Mike Evans, the wide receiver of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in a loss to the Los Angeles Rams in this past year's NFL-AFC Divisional Playoff game. Today is February 1st, 2022. Today is a day that will go down in history. Not because Patriots have won Super Bowls on this date, as I've been seeing on my timeline, and every day, every year on this day, on my timeline I see rehashes of the past of that memories of that it's incredible it's great but february 1st 2022 will be remembered as the day that tom brady officially retired from the national football league he's calling it a quits he has defeated father time folks so for all the haters out there of tom brady anybody that has ever given me crap about him about him not being the best y'all look pretty foolish today He walks away still at an incredibly high level that he's able to play. Had a remarkable MVP year. I don't know if he's going to get it. We'll find that out in a week. Probably not. But the fact that he was still in the conversation at age 44 is just remarkable. And it all comes to an end today. And it feels like It feels like the end had been coming for like the last decade, right? Because that's what everybody had been like pretty much saying every year. Like, oh, this is it. This is the year Tom Brady's going to decline and he's going to be done and he's going to be gone and he's going to suck. And it turns out that Tom Brady gets the last laugh on all of us. And of course, I never thought he ever declined. Was he not as good as he was in his prime? Obviously, but maybe, you know, there's a strong case for it with the way things went down in the last couple of years, you know. My daughters got to see him win multiple Super Bowls in the final third act of his career. They weren't even alive for the first three that he won. (laughs) That just goes to show you the longevity and just the incredible long career that this guy was able to have. And there was like never a bad season. And yet somehow, in some weird way, it felt like he just kept getting better. And it felt like he kept getting younger. And it's just something that we're never going to see in sports ever again. He made it look easy, so we all expect it to be that easy. You know, we look to the future of the NFL, and people are looking ahead to guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and even Aaron Rodgers to this day. But folks, it is hard to sustain success in the NFL, much less for the 20-plus years. That Tom Brady has done it. it we'll never, we're never going to see this again. And I, being one of the biggest Tom Brady fans, 
in the history of fanatics, I never took one moment, one second of it for granted. Even up until before today, when we all of us, all of us are doing it, right? We're all going to YouTube or, you know, watching the sports channels and they're showing all these Tom Brady highlights. I would watch them continuously all the damn time because I knew what I was experiencing in real time. The greatness we were all witnessing. I knew it. And I wanted to hold on for that moment as long as possible. And I'll have those moments for the rest of my life. But what what makes today sad is that there's not going to be any more of them. And we know there could be, right? I mentioned, mentioned this to Abraham Trevino on the SM Football Marks podcast last week. I said, if Tom Brady were to retire, he could go out in a way that Jerry Seinfeld did, right? Jerry Seinfeld's show, Seinfeld, ended in 1998. And it was the number one show in all of cable television, all of network TV, you know, critically acclaimed and, and all this stuff. And they ended it. They went out on top. Could they have done more seasons and dragged it out? Probably. Could there have been some more great seasons past that in the nine-year run that it had? Yeah. But Jerry Seinfeld decided to go out on top because he always said, leave the audience wanting more. And I think that's what all great finales have. It's not so much about sticking the landing. Is it when you come to the end of something, do you feel like you could have done more, but yet leave the audience, like leave them on the edge of their seat? I think that's the best way to go out rather than like picking the perfect ending. Like Tom Brady didn't win the Super Bowl, right? You know, Peyton Manning went out and won the Super Bowl, ended his career, but eh, he was already way past. He should have been gone already. Like it was his defense that wanted that year. Like literally defense carried him. John Elway went out, but you know, he was already way past his prime and everybody knew that. You know, those are like storybook fairy tale endings, but Tom Brady, Although, having lost in this year's uh, NFC Divisional Round playoffs, and this was in a game where I thought him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to get routed. They were down like 27-3. to Uh-oh. Just echoes of Super Bowl 51. Were we going to see the same thing? And we almost did, folks. Can you believe we almost saw a direct sequel to that game in this past one that Tom Brady played? And what you heard in that final clip at the beginning, uh, the final touchdown pass to Mike Evans, it was like a 50 or almost close to 50-yard strike to Mike Evans over Jalen Ramsey, one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. And Tom Brady like just threw a dime to Mike Evans at age 44. He can still go. Give me Tom Brady over Kyler Murray. Give me Tom Brady over Dak Prescott. Give me Tom Brady over almost anybody. He can still do it at this age. Could he Could he do it for another two seasons or more? Probably. But he's making the decision today to walk away still at the top of his game and leaving us wanting more. Well, maybe not for the ones that have suffered through all the years, all the losses. I'm sure everybody in the Jets, the Dolphins, the Bills, we're glad he's gone today. You know. 
anybody that's never sustained the level of success, success that he's had, I'm sure, you know, they're glad he's gone today. But, and I'm not saying they're all like that, but the, for the chunk of us, the most of us that just appreciated his greatness and everything that he brought of value to the NFL are just, we're sad today. We're all collectively sad, but also happy as well because now he gets to focus on the next part of his life, which is his family, his wife and his amazing kids who are now at an age where they're going to need their dad for the most part. And that's, that's awesome for him. That's awesome for them. And, uh, what more can you, could you want, right? The most accomplished quarterback in the history of the game. Seven Super Bowl titles. I don't know how many MVPs. Five or six Super Bowl MVPs. You know, voted all pro so many times. The most winning quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Most touchdowns ever. Most passing yards ever. Like selfishly, yes. Do I want to see more moments? Yes. But what more could I have asked of him as a fan other than to say today, thank you. And towards the end of this episode, I'll give my final farewell and I'll say goodbye to Tom. But I just want everybody to take a second to realize like the era that is about to end. You know, we just had Drew Brees retire last year and, you know, other quarterbacks of that generation, a Roethlisberger, a Eli Manning, a Phillip Rivers, a Peyton Manning. Like th- this guy, Tom Brady, retiring today really closes a chapter on a piece of the NFL that's just going to be very hard to top because for the most part, Tom Brady just dominated all of it. And when the history of the NFL is written, it's going to be amazing to see how much of it is dominated by Tom Brady, how many dynasties he stopped, how many quarterbacks he stopped from winning multiple Super Bowls? How many hearts he broke of so many fan bases because of his incredible play, his ability to come back, his ability to lead. Just amazing. I don't know if I ever, I don't think any of, I don't know how long any of us have on this planet or in this world, whatever, but if somebody is ever alive to see the history of the NFL book put together, like the Tom Brady section is just going to be something to marvel at. So this is actually kind of what the second time we're hearing about this retirement in the span of what, how many days? Because this news actually broke this past Saturday and it was broken by ESPN's Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and Jeff Darlington, all credible journalists and are amazing at what they do uh, in their line of work, like just impeccable work. These guys are the best of the best. But there was something off about it, and especially the timing of it all, right? Because the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet. You know, Tom Brady's not only the most accomplished, but he's also like a guy with so much class that why would he announce this now? So that came off very weird to me. 
And again, I'm never going to forget where I was on that Saturday. A couple of coworkers of mine, we decided to get Chick-fil-A for lunch. I'm sitting in the back eating my food. I get the alert. It's from Schefter. Tom Brady's announcing his retirement. I immediately, like, put my head down in just absolute sadness. And I'm like, I'm eating Chick-fil-A and this is how I find out about it? Like this? Like not from Tom Brady himself? And sure enough, later on in the day, there was disputed reports from Tom Brady's agent and Tom Brady's dad, Tom Brady Sr., who were all saying like, whoa, like Tom Brady hasn't made any decision. What's this about? Like any report that you see is, you know, just don't believe it. It's false. Fake news, if you want to say. But Adam Schefter... And Ian Rappaport and Jeff Darlington and all these guys that were reporting on it. For the most part have reliable sources all the time. And they're not just going to listen to one person and then just go with it. Like they'll, they will get their information verified. Now there's one thing going on out there. That's a possible theory on how this like leaked. There's an amazing documentary series that was put together by Tom Brady and his crew. And I don't know who else was behind it. It's called Man in the Arena. Now, all nine episodes have pretty much aired, right? Because it's covering every year that Tom Brady has gone to a Super Bowl, including the losses, and it's documenting his experience throughout those entire seasons leading up to those Super Bowls. But a funny thing happened along the way in making this documentary series because it was always only supposed to be nine episodes, right? Because the, the last one was Super Bowl 53 with the Patriots. But while this documentary was being made, Tom Brady had gone to Tampa Bay to join the Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl in year one with a brand new franchise after 20 plus years with one organization. So it's like, oh shit. Well, they got to record another episode, right? They got to make a whole other one. And that one hasn't aired yet. I think it was still being in the works. Because they had to put the final touches on it and all that stuff. Because, you know, nobody expected that, including Tom. So supposedly during the making of this final episode of Man in the Arena. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. It's only 7 bucks or whatever. It's not that expensive. Check that out and check out those episodes, man. They're, they're so incredible. If you want to get into the mind of Tom Brady and his his headspace. and Because he's narrating... Uh, almost every episode so you're getting all of his thoughts this isn't people speaking on behalf of him although there are people that contribute to the stories that he's telling in this documentary series but he's there in every episode talking about everything so you really get into the mindset of tom brady in this series so i'm sure during the final episode making of uh episode 10 right which would be the one where the buccaneers beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Now there's stuff floating around that he possibly may have announced his retirement there during the making of that episode. Like he put his farewell thing on it to just to cap off that series. I mean, what a what a way to end that series, right? Ten episodes. That's what most television shows are, are now. So like the whole Man in the Arena documentary series is like basically a season of television. And what a way to cap that off, right? To finish that off and announce your retirement at the end of that episode. So I'm thinking that's what may have happened. And somebody either in the production and the editing of this 
may have leaked the information to Adam Schefter, and that's why the news leaked out the way it did, and, you know, Brady couldn't hold off any longer as far as, like, making the announcement, so that's why it's coming now before the Super Bowl, which is uncharacteristic, but, you know, as Tom Brady mentioned in his in his podcast, you know, he understands the world that we're in now and the information and everybody wanting to be first and all that stuff. So, I mean, I guess he had nothing left to control. So he had to put out that, that, um, that retirement announcement today. And again, this is all speculation on my end and stuff that I've heard, but it seems at all like very likely that that's probably what happened. But can I just speak to like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and Jeff Darlington for a second? Guys, you, you all are incredible at what you do at your jobs and we appreciate all of it. We appreciate all the scoops. We appreciate all the inside information. But guys, come on. Couldn't you have in some way maybe got together if you all like found this out together and, you know, decided to report on it? Couldn't y'all have found some way to maybe try to contact Tom Brady and be like, hey, like, we heard this, but, you know, we kind of, we won't announce it. We'll let you do it. Couldn't they have just not reported it? Like, I'm not pissed off or anything, but I mean, damn, man, all that everything Tom Brady has done for this sport and you couldn't even let him announce his retirement, like, by himself, like, let him do it in his way and on his time. I don't know. I just found that to be in very poor taste by Adam Schefter and those guys. And I know they're validated today. Like I was going through Twitter and Adam Schefter is like liking all of these tweets of everybody that was doubting his report. And like he wants to like check himself off like one for the. Yeah, I got one for the skipper. I was right. I told y'all. Who do you think you are? I am. But come on, man. Like if I was Adam Schefter and I knew this was coming. And this report is probably valid. I would do everything in my power to at least try to get a hold of Brady in some way and be like, hey, is this true? And if it is, I won't, I won't leak it just out of respect for everything that you've done for this sport. You should be the one to be able to announce it. That's all, that's all that I want. I don't, I'm not mad at Adam Schefter. Uh, I'm not mad at Ian Rappaport. I'm not disappointed in Jeff Darlington because these guys are great at what they do. But I'm just very disappointed because, and people are going to say, oh, well, that's their job is to report. But yeah, it's one thing to speculate on Tom Brady going to another team or leak that information, all right? Or leak a report of an injury, whatever. But this is a guy's farewell announcement. Like, let him be the one to do it. Like, who, who are you? Like, the ego on you to announce something like that. I know I wouldn't have done, even though, like, what does it get me? What does it get me as a, as a journalist, as a reporter by doing that? Really, like, think about it. Like, what does it get you? Other than, like, you said it first, like, but who cares? Like, the whole point is let it come out of the horse's mouth. Let, let him be the one. He's earned that right after so long. And we, and it's okay in this in this instance to treat Tom Brady different than anybody else in the history of sports. He's on the level of a of a Michael Jordan, a Wayne Gretzky. 
He's on that level. He's earned that right. I don't know. I don't like the way it all played out. If I know Brady as well as I think I do in terms of like how meticulous and how like, you know, calculated all of his moves are, this thing would have been announced probably maybe before free agency, for sure after the Super Bowl. You know, because this right now, this is Joe Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Matthew Stafford and OBJ and the Los Angeles Rams is time, right? This is their moment to shine. Super Bowl 56 around the corner. This is their spotlight. I don't know. That's just the way I, I feel. Again, I'm not mad. It's just disappointing on their end because really, what do they get out of it? I mean, I would have, I wouldn't have bragged about it, but you could at least after he makes the announcement say, yeah, we knew this report back in, what is it? Feb, right. Late January when this broke, right? Saturday was it the 30th 31st somewhere around there you could say that here's my text here's my sources dated on this day let's say Brady announced it in March or whatever yeah we knew back at the end of January but out of respect for Tom Brady we wanted him to announce it and we weren't gonna leak that out of respect for him you can brag on that like that's cool on that like you knew that since January like that would have elevated you guys so much more by not leaking that I don't know just my opinion I don't know what you all think. Um, this a lot to cover in this episode. This is all dedicated to Tom Brady and the announcement of his retirement. And it's just, it's a farewell end of an era, closing of a chapter, not only of his life, but of a lot of our lives. Um, this is really much, this is pretty much the final chapter closing of my adolescence right here. And I'll speak on that towards the very end but in this episode today i'm going to cover my top 10 this is palace's top 10 not what i think brady's greatest moments are because there's so many you can pick and choose from but i have compiled a top 10 list of everything tom brady that i will remember for the rest of my life and what and what they mean to me they may be just little things and not all of them are you know football 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 there's a couple of things in there that may surprise you um, or just be like, oh, of course, it's Palace. Of course you would put that in there. Um, but I've compiled the list and it was so hard because there's a lot of stuff you can really dive into. And, you know, you I could even do a whole pod on all of Tom Brady's Super Bowls. I can dissect into that. But just watch Man in the Arena. That, that, that speaks pretty much for itself. That's the best thing you could ever watch in terms of like, Everything that you wanted to know about Tom Brady and his mindset into those Super Bowls. Like, just incredible stuff. And I hope now with his retirement, and I know streaming's the the thing now, but if ESPN on their channels could air the whole Man in the Arena documentary, I don't think we should deprive the world of, of, of not being able to see uh, this series. Because I know not all of us have ESPN+. Plus. Uh, it's not an expensive uh, streaming platform, but not everybody has it. And I think, and I would air it on like NB- ABC, like air it as a weekly series. Do it again as a weekly thing. I think that would be pretty neat. Um, if you're listening to this, anybody at Disney, ABC, think about that. I would really seriously consider putting that out there. This is really kind of like Tom Brady's last dance 
series. It's the most comparable thing. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would do that. But let's take a break here. And when we come back, I will count down these top 10 moments. And they're hard to like really put into like numbered categories because I love them all. But you at least get my 10 favorites that I was able to. Lord help me. I don't know how I was able to compile that and make it into a top 10 list. But we'll do that. We're celebrating Tom Brady, the end of a remarkable career. This is Palace off the top rope. We'll be right back. They say all good things must come to an end. That the best just know when to walk away. So to my teammates, my family, and most of all, my fans, you deserve to hear this from me. Hulu doesn't just have live sports. According to the script they just gave me, Hulu also has your favorite cable channels plus the greatest shows, movies, and originals of all time. So it's time to say goodbye to TV as you know it. But me? I'm not going anywhere. Money. He's not the biggest. He was never the strongest. He was never the fastest. He was overlooked. He went in the sixth round. So with that being said, every all of the intangibles that a quarterback's supposed to have, they overlooked with him because it was burning from the inside of him. Welcome back to the show as we celebrate the retirement of Tom Brady after 20-plus years in the NFL. He's calling it a quits today. I say calling it a quits, but that's really the wrong word. He's he's walking away at the top of his form still. Put, let's say that. Come on, pal. Let's get it together here. Whew. Um, yeah, we're celebrating his career and what he's meant to me, not only as a fan, but just personally with a lot of different things on why I admire and, and, and I'm such a fan uh, of this guy. Um, I've compiled a list, a top 10 of Palace's favorite things, all Tom Brady. And they're not only football things. There's a couple of things in here that may surprise you. You may be like, huh? Well, once I get into my reasoning and explaining, and I'll have reasons for all of these. So uh, trust me when I tell you, there's there's been a lot of, I, I, I know it's, fairly recent <laughs> obviously today that this just got announced but i've been watching so much tom brady footage and re-watching it over the years again it's not that i'm barely watch- reliving or rehashing a lot of this stuff just today or over the last couple of days i mean just throughout the years i've again i've just never taken any moment in his career or anything that he's ever done for granted so yes i like to i always smell the roses on this stuff so um, cause you never know when it's gonna end. So I've compiled a top 10 list and there's a lot of stuff on here that you're gonna be like, wow, I can't believe he didn't put that on there. Like, you know, he's won seven Super Bowls, but yet I think there's only real mentions of the Super Bowl twice on this list because there's just so much of, of his career. And while yes, that's a, a huge chunk of his accomplishments, uh, and the most important ones, obviously, right? That's gonna have him as the greatest ever. Um, there's a lot of other things that I, I like about him that he's done in his career and that stick out to me uh, on a personal level. So bear with me on this list. Um, again, it's not out of nowhere. Um, it's stuff that I do really rewatch a lot. And, uh, again, it's, so there's some stuff in here where 
personally, it helped me get through a lot of stuff. So um, here it is, folks, the top 10 list of my favorite Tom Brady moments in the history of his 20-plus career. So we're going to start with number 10, and that's him going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after 19 or 20 years in New England. Um, it worked out in my favor uh, because the other team that I cheer for in the NFC are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And everybody, I've heard it everywhere, you bandwagon, you you didn't like the Buccaneers until Tom Brady got there. I have relatives that live in Tampa, Florida, and they can attest that that's completely, like that's utter crap. I, I've been a fan ever since that they moved to Tampa, which was a very, very long time ago. So, you know, there's pictures of me with John Gruden. There's pictures of me tailgating. That, that was actually my first ever NFL game going live in person was to see the Buccaneers play the New Orleans Saints. So I saw the Buccaneers play way before I ever saw the New England Patriots and Tom Brady play. I wouldn't get to see him play till years later when I went to go to Houston to see them with my buddy Roger Trevino. And that was a whole other great experience. And that's another top 10 of Brady moments that I don't have on this list. And it's it's up there. You know, there's just so many great memories. You know, a podcast, this alone is not going to do it justice. There's just so much stuff out there. But yes, number 10 is him going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and winning the Super Bowl year one with a new team. In the pandemic, folks. Do you understand the importance of that? No off season, no, no, you know, training, any of that stuff. You know, offensive workouts, you know, team workouts, whatever. Tom Brady had to do all this in secret. And even then there were like, not really like legit practices and legit, uh, anything in accordance with the NFL rules. It was just stuff that he had to come up with because you know, there there was no contact. There was no getting together of crowds. And there was just all these obstacles on how it could have gone completely horrible for him. And we had seen this done already before. Like Tom Brady's not the first one to go to another team and win a Super Bowl. That was actually done by Peyton Manning first. But it took Peyton Manning like two seasons to do it. And... Uh, <laughs> Tom Brady does it on his first try. Like, of course, right? Like, of course Tom Brady does it on his first try. And not only that, the reason why this gets on my number uh, number 10 uh, is the fact that on the road to getting that seventh championship, he defeated Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, first ballot, Aaron Rodgers, first ballot, Hall of Famer, probably. And, you know, the way you all like to talk up Patrick Mahomes, and he's like the next you know, great thing, right? He's already the the goat to some of y'all, even though he's only won one Super Bowl and he just got eliminated from this past year's AFC championship game by Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. That Patrick Mahomes that you've deemed already the greatest, um, he beat him in the ultimate head to head competition on the biggest stage of them all, way past his front prime at age forty four or age forty three. Yeah, he won it at forty three. Um Incredible run in a pandemic wins the Super Bowl. I I mean, come on. Even in Hollywood, that's just people wouldn't buy that story. And Tom Brady going to the Bucks and winning it on his first year. And my family, my relatives finally getting to experience 
what I have for so many years as him being part of the Patriots. They now got to revel in it, and it was freaking fantastic. He's got the first down, and this game's over. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to Super Bowl 55. Remarkable. We need TV. And that's it. Tom Brady is going back to the Super Bowl, this time as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At number nine, um, there was a show that I was really into in like the mid 2000s all the way up until like, what, early 2011, maybe 2012. That show was called Entourage. It was a show that aired on HBO and it followed, um, the lives of a Hollywood superstar and his like best friends from his hometown and they grew up to be his entourage, right? They all had different parts in his career, like whether it be his manager or his assistant and, you know, it just chronicles their entire lives in Hollywood, the backstage of it all, the politics, the the dating relationships, all that stuff. It's a comedy. Um, one of my favorite shows of all time. A lot of massive celebrity cameos and not just by, you know, movie stars. There was, you know, a lot of uh, athletes that would come on the show, but they'd be like little parts here and there. And it was announced, I think, in, for season six that Tom Brady was going to be appearing. And not just like a, hey, I'm waving, it's, uh, I'm Tom Brady, uh, I'm hearing an episode, and then it cuts away. No, like he was actually going to be in the entire episode. So this got me like even more like juiced up for it because it's my favorite television show. And now you got my favorite football player going on that show as well. You know, it's like your world's colliding, right? Um, what I can compare it to would be like, Brad Pitt showing up on Friends like that was a, a huge deal for me you know being a huge fan of his and and all his movies that he's done and then coming on to my favorite television show at that time uh, of that being Friends so this was kind of like the same thing but kind of a little bit on a bigger level uh, because Tom Brady to me was just is everything in terms of like uh, what I love about sports and pop culture like he's just at the top of my list so he was going to be on this show and I'm like, man, like the, the scripts are really sharp on this show. Is he going to be able to hang? Will it look, will he look out of place? And boy, does he come off like smooth as ever. Probably one of the better like celebrity cameo acting appearances uh, throughout the history of this show. But if you've never seen it, it's season six of that show. And the episode is called Four, Tom Brady appearing in Entourage. Yo, yo. What are you doing, Turtle? Oh. Got bored of eating the octogenarian, so I thought I'd join you guys. Brought drinks? Hey, thanks, Turtle. Got a good one here. Oh, damn, I forgot about you, Tom. I only brought three. I'm good. I'm used to the heat. Are you? Hey, do I know you from somewhere? Were you at the giant Super Bowl victory parade last year? Oh, wait. Are you dating somebody? Yeah, if you can believe it. Who are you dating? Jamie Lynn Siegler. Oh, right. Yeah, and I just want to say something from the both of us. You... Jamie, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, sweetest girl in the world. But you know what? Yeah, we met at this charity event a few years ago. Giselle loved her. Really? Yeah. No, we should go out sometime. Us? Are you and Giselle? Yeah, just come over to the house. She cooks. 
Giselle cooks? It's awesome. Why don't you Ooh. stop staring at the guy like you want to fuck him, turtle? What? You want to get off the tea box? I'm trying to win some money here. Drive. We're done with you, drama. You're going to have nothing left but that SAG pension. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, should we bring anything? Like a nice bottle of wine, a dessert or something? Yeah. Yeah. She likes chocolate. Chocolate? Done. At number eight was uh, Tom Brady in the month of October uh, with the Patriots. And I always liked the Patriots around this time in October because they really would always start to get into, like, oh, shit, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they would rarely ever lose in October. And specifically, I like October because that's my birthday. So Tom Brady on my birthday would always deliver so many great, amazing moments and victories, you know, victories over the Cowboys. Uh, like I can remember one birthday, and that was actually, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I had gone to Tampa to go see the Buccaneers, you know, visit family, but visit the Buccaneers. My dad was with me on the trip. We, we went to go see that game, first NFL game for us, and, and we were checking that out. But a little part of me, during uh, while experiencing and enjoying all of that atmosphere, uh, my attention was always turned to the scoreboard because I wanted to see what was going on with the Patriots and the Cowboys. Uh, and it was one of those, like, Tom Brady final drives beating the Cowboys. So it was just a little extra, you know, umph for me. So Tom Brady was always great around my birthday, so I can't complain about that. But there was one particular birthday specifically, you know, and I would always state this on Facebook, but Tom Brady never loses on or around my birthday. And in 2009, and it was his comeback year after the torn uh, ACL or MCL, I forgot what it is exactly. I don't like to really think on that because, you know, I like to, when it comes to the negative on Tom Brady, I usually like to block all that out. So I can't remember if it was the ACL or the MCL. Anyway, that was the season that he had come back, right? So, you know, there was still it was a it was a real work in progress that season for Brady to get back to form. So by the time they got to October, like it was shaky from the beginning, but when we got to October, it was like, okay, there's shreds of like you know, Tom Brady of, of old, like he 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 still got it, you know, and I know he would still have it for, you know, a long period of time to come after that. But this was coming off a major surgery, like is is he ever gonna be the way he was? And October 18th, 2009, they play the Tennessee Titans at home at Gillette Stadium. Snow game, massive loads of snow in this game. And Tom Brady, in one quarter, scores five or throws five touchdown passes. Like, what? Some people, or some even great quarterbacks, you'll see now, even t- today, you'll, you'll see them throw five. But that's like for an entire game, an entire four quarters of of football playing. Tom Brady threw five touchdowns in one quarter. They would go on to win 59-0. to And that was probably my favorite birthday gift that Tom Brady ever gave me. And he gave me plenty. That was on my 23rd birthday in 2009. Tom Brady throwing five touchdown passes in one quarter. Foot seven. Bill Belichick says long arms, so if he gets those arms on you, you're not going to get to the quarterback. Back to Brady. Brady looking for Moss. Touchdown, Patriots. Boy, beautiful throw. Beat him on the flea flicker. Hands it off to Green Ellis. Tosses it back to Brady. And Brady with a beautiful strike to Moss for the touchdown. You know, normal formation, that's what happens. It's a running formation. Boy, good job by Randy Moss. 
just went in there and kind of nonchalant. Everybody thinks, oh, it's got to be a run. And Tom Brady into the wind, just as I would say, flush that throw. He got every bit of it and put it on the line, and Randy Moss caught it. A 40-yard hookup for a touchdown. That's what warm-ups are about. Took advantage of it. Second down and eight. Steps away from the hit. Goes to the end zone. Good boss. He's there. Touchdown, Patriots. There is a flag. We got Randy Moss, Jason McCourty, and then we have Michael Griffin in the back. They are going to double-team Randy Moss. One low, one high. The Again, the play-action fake. Just the defense of the Titans just falls apart. And then Tom Brady buying the extra time. Randy Moss, good job of moving across the back end zone line. And there's the hit, helmet to helmet. Chris Hope. Difficult <laughs> telling your yard markers here, but it's at the Titans, 38. Setting up screen for Falk. Mankins with a big block. Coping out in front. Falk taking off. And Falk set for the touchdown. Brady has a third touchdown pass of the quarter. I tell you, the blocking, and it's, you got to do this. They, we see the screens for the Patriots every single week. Oh, the nice Logan Mankins. That's the block that really sets it because defensive linemen have to chase screens down from behind. Second and three from the Titan 30. He's got Welker. Welker open space, and there's your fourth touchdown pass of the quarter. Watch Wes Welker as he goes up. The defense comes up. The corner goes back. Second man through a zone, and it breaks it down, just the whole concept of it. And Wes Welker uncovered. Good job by Tom Brady being safe with the throw. And it's just amazing to watch, isn't it? The Patriots throwing and catching, holding on to the football. Brady looking for five. Looking to the end zone, and it is caught. Touchdown, and Brady has just done something this league has not seen before. Five touchdowns in one quarter of action. Here's Wes Welker in the slot, going to break out. Nobody is covering him. The defense goes, who's got him? They both end up doubling the outside receiver. Tom Brady, good job of seeing him. That wasn't that difficult of a route combination. In fact, it's about as simple as it gets in the NFL. And the Tennessee Titans didn't cover it the proper way. At number seven is this uh, one international commercial that Tom Brady did forgot what year it's from it's got to be like past like 2008 2009 for sure um obviously we've seen tom brady through the last couple of years kind of be a little bit more loose while being in tampa you got to see more of his personality you know in new england it's more structured it's more you know almost like you know business 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 you know you know it's okay to have a little bit of personality but not too much so any commercials that you would ever see Tom Brady in, they'd be like a lot of like more elegant and, you know, just for kind of like more high brand stuff. And, you know, these days you see him like in T-Mobile commercials, Subway, Hulu, like I showed you all earlier. You heard there earlier on the show. Um, but this one was for Uggs, which was a brand he used to really like hype up. I haven't really seen so much like these days, but, you know, back Back in his earlier days when he started really dating Giselle, 
Um, there was a lot of that stuff. Tom Brady like very, really elevated his like fashion game and all that stuff. And I know he's been made fun of for the Uggs and all that stuff. But there was one commercial in particular that he did for this brand. And I think this commercial only aired like in Australia or just internationally. I never saw it in anywhere in the U.S. And I came across it on YouTube like many, many, many years ago. And I saw it and I was like, man, how did this commercial not play in the U.S. anywhere? It's so great. Like I know they have Uggs here in the U.S. They just take away the Australia part of it. Just You can totally rebrand this and, and market it in the U.S. And it kind of shows Brady... A little bit more, you know, you know, not that he was a tight ass or anything like that, but just having fun. So let me set the premise for you. And you can search it on YouTube. It's called Invisible Game, and it's from Uggs. And it's Tom Brady walking through the airport. I think he's, like, with a friend or whatever, and they're getting ready for a flight. And there's this little kid that notices him and uh, gets his attention. He's like, hey, Tom. And, like, he throws, like, a fake football to him, like, you know, just invisible, right? And Tom Brady catches it. And all of a sudden, there's, like, all these people around, like, you know, I think there's different, you know, customers waiting at whatever gate they're at for flights. There's members of the flight crew and, you know, all that stuff. And they all of a sudden all get together, like, in the middle of the airport, uh, you know, in the terminal. And they just play this real quick, like, one play football, like, they're in a game. And it's all with an invisible ball. And it's set to, like, this very dramatic music. But it's such a fun commercial, and it's just... Tom Brady connecting with this little kid and, you know, I mean, I was already like kind of like a young adult already watching this, but I could relate to that kid, right? Just like an everyday normal kid just getting to, you know, hopefully one day you meet your idol like that and get to play catch or just any type of just silliness like that. Um, I thought it was a really, really well-made commercial and I, I hope that one day it would air in the U.S. and it never did, but you can search it on YouTube. It's called Invisible Game. At number six is the 2018 AFC Championship game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. And this was already by a lot of people claiming like the passing of the torch. Patrick Mahomes had arrived. He was running rough shot all over the league. They were at home. They were favored. This was the game in the lead up to it where Tom Brady had made a rallying cry, kind of like nobody thinks we're good anymore and they think we suck and it was kind of like this like yeah like we're we're not i don't know it was like just this final cry like you know we're gonna go out and we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get it done right like this is like we're not done and um 
so that was the the model going into this game and it was epic man like you know you want to talk about backs against the wall like as a fan like you always want your team to have the home field advantage right just to feel like you know you can it's not about where you play it's how you play but as a fan you're like man i really wish this game was in gillette stadium and not an arrowhead one of the most difficult places to win and you had already played them earlier in the year and they went toe to toe with you and should have beaten you but you scathed away um so here we are it's a epic matchup starts off heavy dominated by the Patriots in the first half and then the Chiefs come roaring back in the second half take the lead at one point and then it's just a massive amounts of exchanges of leads and um we go into overtime and I'm I'm watching this game with my dad and it's one of those like games where like we finally like we really got into it together like we were just like yeah and high-fiving and you know, pushing each other and, you know, just like we were that into it. It was one of my most favorite games to watch. But what was incredible about that drive was, you know, and this was, it's been the talk for a couple of years now as far as like the overtime rules and, and all that. But I believe in playing defense. So if you're not able, if your defense is not able to stop the offense and they score on you, like that's too bad. That's on your defense. That's what, you know, when it comes to championship level teams, you have to be able to play defense if you want to win. And I can just point to this past uh, AFC Championship game where the Chiefs hosted again at home. And the Cincinnati Bengals came up with a defensive game plan in the second half that was able to stall the Chiefs in that offense. Um, But the Patriots won the coin toss going back to that 2018 game. Tom Brady gets the ball, and Patrick Mahomes never sees the field. And Brady drives down for the score. But what's incredible about that overtime drive was that he completed three third and tens. Like, it's hard enough as it is to get a first down, but third and longs are just, you know, the improbability of you completing even, like, one of them is tough in the NFL. And Brady did three of them in route to getting the team in position to go to Super Bowl 53, which they would end up winning as well. But that game was, like, the game of the year, man. That was pretty much the Super Bowl right there. Even though it was a good defensive matchup in the Super Bowl that year between the Rams and the Patriots. Um, but that Chiefs Patriots, uh, game was an all-timer. Uh, I, I watched that drive from time to time and it's just, it's such a masterful piece of work by Tom Brady and Gronk and Edelman and, and everybody on that Patriots offense. It's just incredible to see three third down and tens on the road to Super Bowl 53. For the most with Pittsburgh in the regular season has not gotten to Brady tonight. Third and ten, ball at the Chiefs 30. Gronk is out wide. Watch the top of your screen. Watch this safety. If he comes down, there's a good chance he's throwing out there. It's Gronk for the first down. Gronk cut inside on the slant and gets it down to the 15. Got halfway home. Now they're starting. You see a, all of a sudden Barry jumped outside and played the fade. He wasn't going to let him run down the sideline again. And Gronk runs the slant. That means he's killing the play. He's going to the second. Three long third down conversions. To bring it first down from the 15, Burkhead. Just five yards away. 
Devlin throwing a big block on the inside. Big time third downs on this drive gets them into position. Then they run the ball right at you. And now you got to make a call here on defense. You, they have to run the ball, you're figuring. But you're tired. You've been on this field a long time today. Can you muster up enough? They put everyone in there. Here's a handoff to Burkhead. And he fights down inside the two. the defenders for Kansas City they're exhausted over there would you think a timeout maybe on Kansas City side just a it's exactly right Jim that's a great call this would be a perfect time to do it give them a break New England's tried to play action earlier I can't see it here this has to be a run second and goal to Burkhead Burkhead to the end zone hello Super Bowl New England is heading back again for the third straight year Mahomes never saw the football in overtime. Never saw it, and that was why the coin flip was so key. You got these two quarterbacks, these two offenses, and Tom Brady with three monster third down. Two of them to Edelman, one to Gronkowski. All of them were third and eight plus. And this is as satisfying, I tell you, when everyone tells you that you're not as good and they wanted to tell them they're not quite that safe team, and they're going back again. Burkett able to drive across against a fatigued defense. You're in overtime. It's a long drive. It's a touchdown, and that's Kansas City with an incredible season. They should be proud. It played incredible, and they had some chances today, too. Heartbreak today for both home teams. The home teams had won the last 10 championship games between the AFC and the NFC before today. And now the Saints and the Chiefs, both the one seed, both at home, both losing overtime. And now the Patriots and the Rams will be meeting in Atlanta. For Super Bowl 53, it'll be 17 years to the day from Super Bowl 36 when the Patriots and the St. Louis Rams met down in New Orleans. The first Super Bowl win for the Belichick-Brady dynasty. At number five is uh, Tom Brady's comeback versus the New Orleans Saints in October of 2013. Now, 2013 had really been a bad year for me personally. Um I had lost my grandfather earlier that year, uh, and it was only really the second time in my life that I had lost anybody in my family like that. So I wasn't used to it. Um, so that haunted me for a while. And then later on in that year, my dad would go through a lot of heart complications, and he ended up having surgery. And there was even a point in time where we weren't sure that he was going to make it. So... Just all these things going wrong, and, you know, I fell into depression, you know, with all of that, you know, hanging over my head and just other things trying to balance work and and my kids and all that. Yeah, I fell, fell into a depression, and, you know, things were just on the on the downside, bad, bad, bad. Like, I, I needed, like, a glimmer of hope. I was like, Lord, like, just 
just give me a sign, something, something good, something that I can hang on to for just, even if it's just a little bit, I just want that glimmer of that impossible turning into the possible. And here comes, you know, a random NFL game on a Sunday. It's Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. And, you know, football's just football, right? Like, who cares? But to me, on that day, I needed something, just anything that could give me like a shot of life, like that this, everything's going to be okay. And the Patriots were down in that, in that game, uh, only like a couple of seconds left, fourth quarter comeback. We had seen Tom Brady do this already so for so many years. And I was like, please, like if I could just get like one of these epic drives by Tom Brady, like I, then I'll know, like at least things are going to be okay. Like, it's a silly thing to look to for that, but man, when he made that comeback, and this was a year where Tom Brady didn't have like the best receiving core, so, and the Saints are always a tough out with Drew Brees and that defense and Sean Payton, like they're always a good, they're always a good formidable opponent, but man, I needed, I needed like a miracle, and that's kind of what this was, and it's a game that I'll never forget, especially because of where I was in my life and everything that was going on. And for Tom, who will never probably hear this podcast or anything, but just, just to let you know, man, on, on that particular Sunday, you'll never know how much that win against that team on that day meant to me. So thank you for that, Tom. I truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that moment. Here comes Brady, when after his last pass attempt was intercepted, you're thinking, well, not over, but over. Not yet. Brady, no timeouts. Steps up, throws, and it's Edelman, who takes a big hit across midfield, and he's slow to get up. Under a minute. Three-man rush. And that is Collie down to the 32-yard line. 40 seconds remain. And now a quick throw. And trying to get out of bounds is Dobson. And he does. This is fourth down. And a catch is made by Collie. Down to the 17. The clock is at 15. Going to try to hurry it up, drive it in the ground, and that will stop the clock. No timeouts. Ten seconds left. Brady to the end zone. And Tompkins with a touchdown! position you just got to make a play on the ball just like we saw the other way Jabari Greer is in position he just is unable to get his hand on the ball Brady lays it up perfectly for Tompkins in the touchdown one of the most unbelievable finishes from one of the most unbelievable quarterbacks in the history of the NFL at number four is um you know you can say a lot of uh, and you can picture so many different teammates that Tom Brady has played with. And you can, you know, there's Brady to 
Wes Welker, Brady to Randy Moss, Brady to Julian Edelman, Brady to Mike Evans, Brady to Chris Godwin. But there's one duo that I think will stand the test of time. And hopefully, you know, if things play out, you know, who knows what's on the horizon for Rob Gronkowski. But if he decides to retire, him and Tom Brady going into the Hall of Fame together would be a tremendous thing. Tommy and Gronky. Man, have I enjoyed watching these two play together. And they're so in sync and so... They're so, like, opposites, right? Like, Tom Brady's more of, like, the dorky, like, you know, kind of geeky kind of guy. And Gronk is super party boy, super outlandish. And you can see that on the outside, right, when they're doing their stuff or whatever. But when I'm the, they're on the field together, There's, it's just, it's always magic. And, you know, who knows, like, and they own, like, the records for... You know, most most touchdowns as a quarterback, like receiver duel in the playoffs, and uh, they've won so many Super Bowls together. And my favorite Tom Brady and Gronk game was uh, a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where I think the Patriots were pretty decimated, like on the receiving core. So, and they didn't really have that many answers for the Steelers in that game. But in the fourth quarter, when the chips were down. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski just took over that game. Like, it was literally just them uh, up and down the field, like, over this Steelers defense. And it was just so remarkable to see. And Rob Gronkowski has always said that Tom Brady's the only quarterback he would ever play for. And Gronk retired from the NFL, like, a year before Brady left the Patriots. And when Brady made the move to Tampa, like, right away, like, more than anything, was like, is he going to lure... Gronk to come out of retirement and play for him like all of us knew like that had to be an option right and sure enough that was one of the first things that happened was Gronkowski coming out of retirement after a year off letting his body heal and he was able to come play with Tom on a different team and win another Super Bowl and just continue their amazing friendship and their incredible partnership on the field and they have these awesome little short segments that they did for the Buccaneers called Tommy and Gronky. Uh, look them up. They're either on the Bucks website or you can find them on YouTube. They're just such a well, they just have so much great chemistry, even though they're the complete opposites. But uh, it's been a joy to watch both of them play together. And, you know, not only like just on a personal bias, like I think they're the great, one of the greatest tandems ever, but they're going to go down in history as that, you know, with all, all that they accomplished together. And all the records that they hold together. So Brady to Gronk. There'll never be another tandem like it. Uh, and I'll miss it. Gronk. What up, TB? What do you think my next move should be? Give it to me straight. Maybe it's just time I hang him up. I got one word for you. Retirement. If you retire now, you're going to be walking on soft sand in a week. Just come to Florida and feel the wind in your hair. Retirement is like winning another one. Maybe I'll even join you. On a spotty network, this is what Tom heard. If you retire now, you're soft and weak. Just come to Florida and win another one. Maybe I'll even join you. Just go win another one. Like it's that easy, Gronk. Maybe it is. I still feel like I have a lot to accomplish. My goal is to win one more. And Gronk's coming with me. I'm retired from retiring? Mom! Where are my football pants? 
Don't trust big decisions to just any network. Go with T-Mobile, the GOAT in 5G. And I'm not soft or weak either. T-Mobile is the leader in 5G. At number three, I'm a wrestling guy, so for me, rivalries are a huge thing. And for me, uh, a hero is only as good as the villain or vice versa, however you want to look at it. In the NFL, there was nothing bigger than Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. I mean, those games got Roman numerals attached to them. Like, that's how epic those matchups became. Now, it was very dominant in the beginning with Tom Brady winning a a chunk of those matchups, all in the lead-up to the early Super Bowls. But then, by, like, the middle of it, Peyton Manning started to, you know, get his own couple of wins. And there were some heartbreaking moments in those type of games. But either way, it was always must-see TV. It was always like, uh, it was like the mini Super Bowl of that season. I, I don't, I forgot how many times they, I mean, they played a total of, I think, including the playoffs, I think 17 times or 18 times, one of those. And it was always like a mini Super Bowl. Like it was a big deal. And in the end, like Tom Brady had the overall better record. But I remember the final showdown between those two. And I remember where I was. I was with Roger Trevino, another buddy of ours named Shane. And we were watching this game. I forgot what. We were at a seafood place. We were watching the AFC Championship game. And it was in the lead up to Super Bowl 50. Like, who's going to go? And this could be the possible last time these two ever face. And it was an incredible game. Like, the Patriots were decimated. The O-line was, you know, they just couldn't protect Brady. But yet somehow that game came down to the very end. And I think Edelman had gotten hurt, but Gronk was still there, and he still had TB12, so there was always a chance. And Peyton Manning was on his last legs, and I ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. But the fact that that, you know, with everything, all the odds against Brady and everything that was wrong with that team that year, they still managed to make it a thriller. And that was always, like, the amazing thing about, you know, Peyton Manning's victories was the fact that when Brady won, there were always, like, landslides. They were always, like, shutouts. Not shutouts, but they were, like, blowouts and routes. But whenever, but Peyton Manning, it took, like, everything in him in the games that he did win against Brady. Like, you had to beat Brady, like, all the way to the end. Like, it took all of that. So, you know, that's why when you look overall in the rivalry, and yes, I'm a Tom Brady guy, but, you know, we all know who's the better person. Like, Rock versus Austin, like, come on. People love Rock more, and that's the way it was with Payton. People love Peyton more, but we all know who the goats of goats are. Austin, and then there's Tom Brady. So Brady versus Manning was always a big deal for me, and even though sometimes Manning would best out Brady, but those were always must-see TV. It is indeed a rivalry for the ages. Manning and Brady. Let's go! Touchdown, Patriots! That's how you set the tone of the world! To call them great would be an understatement. Today, two quarterbacks... Really? You really need to hear all this? The big announcer, the big music, all the big hype? To get ready for this one? Come on now. No one needs to tell you what this is about, what this means, what this is. But let me make sure you got the quick facts, all right? Here we go. You know they met 16 times before, right? You know they're saying this might be the last time, right? Even though they said that before. 
And of course, you know the winner goes to Super Bowl 50, which will probably be the most watched event in television history. But let me just tell you one more thing. This is Brady and Manny. Brady and Manny. Two greatest quarterbacks in football history. Playing to prove football mortality can be put on hold by sheer will. Brady back to throw. Manning going deep. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. You know what you're about to watch, right? I played against both these guys. There's nothing better than greatness going against greatness. The matchup everyone wants is actually happening again. This is big. It's a touchdown. Enormously big. This is huge. This is colossal. Just cue the music. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. This is the AFC Championship game. At number two, it's the 2014 AFC Divisional Playoff round between the New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, say whatever you want about rivalries. You know, there was Steelers versus Patriots, which the Patriots pretty much dominated. There was the Patriots and the Colts were, for the most part, you know, the Patriots dominated, but the Colts would get theirs here and there. But there was one team that was never afraid to go toe-to-toe with the New England Patriots and would always, if there was a team that would always like kind of, you know, get me a little bit more anxious than I probably should have, it's the Baltimore Ravens. That defense with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and, you know, Terrell Suggs, like those guys would always take it to the limit. And this was the the year in which, uh, you know, the legacy would get really turned around with Tom Brady. He hadn't won a Super Bowl in over 10 years, and this this was the run that would alter that legacy and turn it, you know, for the better in, in terms of Tom Brady's uh, career. This game, and I remember watching it with my dad. It was a Saturday night game. Um, this game took, like, so many years off my life. I was so, so much anxiety during this game. Because the Patriots in this game fell down 14 points, not once, but twice. And, you know, now teams come back from deficits like nothing. But back then still, it was like, you know, you get a two-touchdown lead on a team, it's pretty much almost over. And the fact that it happened twice was just, you know, that's Tom Brady making the impossible possible. Um, And it took, like, trick plays in that game to to get him back into it like this was the famous game where julian edelman throws the touchdown pass to danny amendola and you know it it took trickery like that but it also took tom brady having like one of his most memorable games and you know keeping his team in the fight and you know even getting into it with ravens players like that was a team like you would he would always get into shouting matches with because they weren't afraid to rough him up um, but one of the most memorable things about this game was uh, they're at Gillette Stadium, right? The Patriots obviously were the higher seed, so they got to play the home game. And there was a song by the outfield called Your Love that was playing in, in the stadium kind of like around the fourth quarter in the final minutes of that game. And, and it was the first time like the Patriots nation was really like in unison. Like it just felt like the year that it was going to happen again. Even though we had already like achieved three Super Bowl victories, like it just kind of felt like a, a new, fresh beginning. And I remember them singing that song in unison, like loud. You could hear it while the commentators are announcing whatever's going on in the game, and you can hear it in the background, like just everyone in Gillette Stadium. 
uh, singing that song together in unison. And that became one of like the theme songs of the New England Patriots that year. And then, you know, every once in a while in a couple of future games after that, they would play that song. So, no, along with like Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne and that song, like they became like official, like little theme songs of the New England Patriots. And it was a nice moment. But again, that was, that was the game that really set the tone for, you know, that Super Bowl win that year. But again, altering the legacy of Tom Brady in, in a direction where it's like they could have, it could, they could have easily like lost and that would have been like a third Super Bowl loss. And Tom Brady, we'd be wondering like, well, you know, were those Super Bowls that they won at the beginning of his career, were those like, you know, one hit wonder kind of thing? Like they were really possibly talking about Tom Brady, like just being like, you know, a, a sub 500 in the Super Bowl. Like that's crazy, right? Like he had already won three up until that point and they were, Still questions about will Tom Brady ever reach the level of possibly being like the greatest of all time, tying like a Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw for, and this game was the kickstart of it. So I'll never forget it. But again, it took so many years off my life because I remember being so stressed and so filled with anxiety. On fourth down, but that changes everything. That's an expensive timeout right there because with the two-minute warning, you still had options available to you. Now you've got to have it. You know, by not running there on that third down, you also limited your options because now, at least on that fourth down look, they were back in shotgun as opposed to maybe being fourth and one with all kinds of possibilities. So not quite your ball game here, but pretty close. Fourth and three. Reeves to the outside. Running up on Steve Smith. And then New England's going to take a timeout. Well, partner, we saw enough blowouts this season <laughs> on, on Sunday night football. You knew that the law of averages would say that sooner or later we were going to see a beauty. We have one tonight, clearly. I, I just have great admiration for these two franchises. You know, mentally so tough in championship moments they have both performed incredibly here tonight both well coached it's just been a couple of plays here and there and maybe the greatness of tom brady the difference because they could not run the ball the ravens have been able to run it and that guy right there has just found a way in so many games to get it done So after the timeout taken by New England, they will line up with seven defensive backs in the game. And finally, folks, we come to the number one of my favorite Tom Brady moments, and it could be nothing else but the epic comeback in Super Bowl 51 from Houston, Texas. I mean, I'll never forget where I was for any of the Super Bowl wins, but I'll never forget Super Bowl 51. I was at Little Woodrow's. We were, uh, it was a get together with a couple of friends. And obviously like me and Roger Trevino were there and we were like pretty much the only Patriots fans. You know, uh, people were sick already of the Patriots by that time. Like <laughs> it, they wanted us to see us get our asses whooped. And that's certainly how it felt like it was going to go. 
So we all know the story, right? So the Patriots go down 28 to 3. And I remember sitting there and like usually most fans like will get pissed off and like be like I don't want to see this anymore. They'll turn off the TV or leave wherever they're at, right? No, I just sat there because you know, one of the things that the Patriots and Belichick and Brady always taught me was like you play you play all the way till that clock hits zero, like, you know, up until that point like anything is possible. Although like 28 to 3, like I never seen like a huge comeback like that. Maybe I saw something close to it where the Patriots had done it, but they ended up losing or they didn't quite catch up to it but made it somewhat respectable. But I was like, "Oh man, how are they going to come back from this? And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not entirely defeated, but I'm also just like quietly watching the game. And, you know, the Patriots finally score one touchdown in the, I think towards the end of the third quarter. Oh, cool. Then they get like a strip sack and they get the ball again. And I'm like, all right, they score again. And all of a sudden I'm like, like my nerves are starting to like, get into like hype mode and I'm like okay maybe maybe but maybe not maybe <laughs> you know you know what I mean like it's possible but eh, let, let's see what happens and anyways during during this time I all of a sudden forgot how to do math in my own head so I forgot who was next to me during that time and I kept saying like okay how many I remember I kept saying how many points are they down like how many more touchdowns do they need like I didn't I was so like discombobulated in my mind during that time because I was just like on adrenaline, so I wasn't thinking numbers and all that stuff. I was just like, how many touchdowns do they need? How many touchdowns do they need? And sure enough, like I'm seeing Brady make all these incredible throws and plays, and then by the time he knew it, they were tied up, and it was like pandemonium. Me and Roger are losing our minds at this bar. And then uh, up until this point, there had never been an overtime in the history of the Super Bowl. And we got to see it before our very eyes. And of course, it's the Patriots. Of course, it's Brady and Belichick. And, you know, they get that, they get the coin toss flip. They drive down. They make the comeback. Like, are you kidding me? Like, they never led once in this game. And the only lead that they have was the final score of the game. Like, what? I remember running around the bar. I remember my shoelaces for some reason got untied during that whole, you know, ride back up into tying the game. Like, I don't know how that happened. Uh, me and Roger were just completely out of our minds. Like that was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life and not a body experience. Um, and then the stories behind that Super Bowl were just incredible because we found out later on that Tom Brady's mom had been battling breast cancer. So he had been dealing with that, that, that whole season and being suspended from the effects of everything that happened with deflate gate. So he missed the first four games of the season, and that was it was such a wild, unpredictable first four weeks of the season, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo getting his chance to be the quarterback and then getting injured, and then having Jacoby Brissett take over, and then, you know, we lost Gronk, I think, in the middle of the season, so it's like all these different hurdles, but the biggest hurdle of all was Tom Brady just keeping his composure and keeping his sanity, knowing that his mother was going through one of the most hardest thing she's ever going to go through in her life. And, you know, years later, like I dealt with the same ordeal. So now I felt the way he felt. I'm, I'm, 
I never had a family member go through something like that. And now me going through it myself, like I can only imagine how he felt, right? The pressure of coming back from deflate gate and everybody wanting him to get revenge for all that. But in the back of his mind, I'm sure all he was thinking about was his mom and hoping that she was going to be okay. Because at the end of the day, football is just a game. You know, this is somebody's life we're talking about. And, it just made that win even that more special. And if you go and watch the the mic'd up moments in that game, you can find them on YouTube. Um, and Julian Edelman is so incredible in that game. You know, he's he makes that famous catch in that game. But one of the my, one of my favorite all time moments between Brady and Edelman, and they're always in just this competitive, you know, spirit, is that they're starting the second half of this game. And Julian Edelman just real quickly to Tom goes, Hey man, let's go win this thing. Let's, let's go win it for your mom, man, for, for your mom. Like, let's go do it. And it's like, man, like, how do you not get inspired watching that? And then seeing what he does in that game without Gronk, you know, he's Edelman, of course, one of the top receivers, I think, uh, of all time, but he's throwing to guys like Danny Amendola and Chris Hogan and James White and, you know, not not like these superstar level receivers, and Brady's doing like this improbable comeback. And again, I I've never experienced anything like that. And you know, now we see people come back from deficits like nothing. But to do it on the grandest stage with the hurdles that he was going through just makes it all that more special. And Tom Brady already had four Super Bowls at this time, but for me. Just in my eyes, but I'm sure a lot of people already thought this. Like this win for me sealed them as the greatest of all time. Like of all all time. Like there's no dispute. And Tom Brady would go on to win two more Super Bowls after this, but those were just cherries on top. This one, Super Bowl Fifty One, just sealed it for any hater, for anyone that says that Tom Brady can't like make this type of comeback, and he did it. And, of course, it wasn't just him. It was the entire team. Like, credit to everybody. But, you know, Tom willed that from somewhere deep, deep down within. And it just manifested through that entire team. And, again, you're never out of the fight. Play all the way till that clock hits zero. Like, that's what that game taught me. It's like, it doesn't matter how stacked the odds are against you. Like, just control what you can control. Play for play, round for round, you know, whatever. Minute by minute, just handle the things that you can control. And at the end of the day, if you don't get it done, hey, there's more important things. Like Tom Brady had his mom to think about. And, you know, God bless her. She's still around. She beat this thing. It's incredible that she got to see her son win on that day, but also, like, to finish off his career. But that is the most remarkable Super Bowl that I have ever seen and it's my favorite one as a fan that to having won that one and share that with my friends and and anybody that was a Patriots fan during that time. Um, I will never, ever forget what an out-of-body out experience that whole thing was. And again, I, will we ever see something like that again? Again, deficits like that almost now instantly get erased like nothing. But back then, even though this game wasn't too far long ago, it was just just one of the most perfect examples of Tom Brady making the impossible possible. 
and that's been a lot of the story of his career and that that was just that was the seal for him being the goat Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. Another look to make sure. James White driving. They've already shot off the confetti. Fans are on the field. And it looks like a good touchdown. Yeah, it does to me too, Joe. When the knee goes down, where's the ball? I don't know what they'd do if they had to overturn this, but it looked to me like the ball was across. And what an effort. By James White, who's had himself a heck of a ball game. There was contact by Ricardo Allen, and yet he's able to get across the goal line. What a game by the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And that's going to do it for my top 10 Tom Brady moments. Again, these are my personal favorites for my specific reasons. I would love to know what yours are if they're, you know, I don't, I mean, I have a couple of Tom Brady friends in my life, you know, most, most, most of the people that I, that I, am around or you know guys live in texas uh you know they're cowboys fans but you know share your favorite brady memories with me you know i you know we're not going to get to talk about this for that much longer as we move on and continue on with with the game of the nfl um but this is this has been a nice little celebration and again the there's so many i could have chosen from you know again i only mentioned the super bowl really like two or three times in this list and He's won seven of them. Like, there's just so many, so many great moments, uh, throughout his career. But for now, this is the best that I can talk about him at this moment as we revel in the fact that we're no longer going to see him play again ever in the NFL. And let's take one more break here. And when we come back, I will say my farewell to Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, who I've watched play from the beginning of his career all the way to the very end. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's go! Let's go! It's our time. It started seven, eight months ago, right? All for this moment. All for this moment. It's about honor. It's about respect. We win this game. You're honored. Your kids are honored. Your families are honored. We are three. So, we all know Tom Brady's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, we all know that bar none, right? There's, unless he did something like atrocious, you know, we find out, you know, he's a serial killer like Aaron Hernandez was. I mean, not to joke on that, but barring anything just weird happening, he's going into the Hall of Fame, right? Like, no doubt. And the first year that he's eligible will be in 2027. So whatever it is that I'm doing in life, just know that I will, I'm going to block everything and will put all of my focus on Tom Brady going into that Hall of Fame. Would I love to go to Canton and see it for myself in person? I'm sure the tickets prices specifically for that Hall of Fame are going to be insane. So 
Probably not. But watching it and getting to see it will be enough for me. So I cannot wait for that day, even though it's years down the line. Although I think they should waive it for him, right? He should really go in instantaneously. He should be the only one made the exception for that. But if he's got to wait till 2027, so be it. But here we are. Um, the end of an amazing career. Seven Super Bowl titles. You know, some fan bases don't even get to win one. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals are about to embark on a Super Bowl that they haven't been to in about 30 years. So imagine that fan base. They've been waiting that long. And I've been blessed as a fan, you know, being a fan of the Patriots, being a fan of the Buccaneers, to getting to experience all of this in the same century with Tom Brady at the helm. So I know that. I know how lucky I am. And I know we'll probably never see a run like this again, even though all of us watching Tom Brady dominate during this whole era, he's made it look like it's the easiest thing to do, but that's just kind of undermines how great he is. Like we're never going to see it again. At least that's what I believe. Like could Patrick Mahomes win two, three Super Bowls? Yeah. But to sustain that level of success for that long of time, that committed, that obsessed, like Tom Brady's obsessed folks. If you're on Facebook, there's a there's a there's a mini documentary he did there before the man in the, the arena one. It's called Tom versus Time. Just look at his preparation for the season and during the season of what he does. Like this guy just loves to watch film and he works on his mechanics. Like he always goes back to basics. That's one of the brilliant things about Tom Brady is that he never shies away from working on his own mechanics and getting better. Like knowing He's the greatest of all time, right, in everybody's eyes. But to himself, he's always trying to prove it every single day. And that's one of the biggest lessons I could take away from him as a person in life. Like, you always want to strive to be better. Like, you're never a finished product. What can I do better today? How can I be a better person? How can I be a better dad? How can I be a better coworker? Whatever it is. And he's given me that. Like, that's one of the biggest things I'll take away from him. Like, not like that, you know, he wins and the Super Bowls and all that stuff. That's great. That's just, those are all just, that's the fluff of it. But the heart of it is just the type of person that he is and the determination and the fact that he, you know, says hi to everybody. You know, I've made that a point in my managerial career in this second act that I'm pulling off is that I'll say hi to everybody. You know, I'm in a position of high leadership but i don't forget about anybody top to bottom and that's how you build a good team that's how you build good relationship working relationships and just overall the environment it's it's good morale and tom brady has you know made that a thing and not not everybody can do that in a league driven by you know I want to be the highest paid player. And that was one of another underrated things about Tom Brady is that he never was ever the highest paid player. And we all know he's probably earned it at many points throughout his career, but he was always about the team first. And what could I do to help this team get to the level that I needed to get to unselfishness? That's the biggest takeaway I can take from Tom Brady. And to say that it's going to be the same, watching the NFL without him in it. I can only speak from my personal experience. It is never going to be the same. 
I love the Patriots till the end of time. I love the Buccaneers till the end of time. And Mac Jones could do incredible things. He could win. Let's say he wins three Super Bowls. Who knows? We don't know what the future holds. But it'll never be the same as Tom Brady winning Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. It'll never be the same Tom Brady winning Super Bowls for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, and I've seen them in when they when they haven't been good. But I've also seen them during their first Super Bowl run. And I've seen the successes that they've had without Tom Brady. And even when they won their first Super Bowl, it was nothing like when Tom Brady won it for them last year. Not not for them, with them. It's just never going to be the same. I'm going to get excited about football. I love it to death. It's the best sport on television. It's the biggest thing going. And it just continues to get bigger. You know, the ratings are proof of that, especially with what we're seeing this year. These round of playoffs have been just unbelievable. And the quarterbacks that we got coming up in the game, from Patrick Mahomes to Joe Burrow, who's in the Super Bowl, you know, Justin Herbert, a lot of great up-and-comers. And Tom Brady was like that last kind of chapter to the previous era. And kind of like, as I mentioned before, it's a cap to my adolescence. Like, it's a closing on that. I still have professional wrestling, but I'm not as, like, obsessed with it, like, as I used to be. When it came to Tom Brady and football and him watching him every Sunday, like, I was obsessed. If you're friends with me, if you've known me, you know how I get when it comes to Tom Brady and, and, and whether it be with the Patriots or the Bucks, like, I get a little maniacal. Like, I get that into it. And to not have that every Sunday, like, it's, it's gonna be weird. I don't, I don't know what that's like. He came into my life just as I was about to enter high school. And here I am at 35 years old and we're barely about to put an end to it. Like, that's how long he's been playing. I've, I've had kids since then. I've had a family and, you know, even my kids got to witness him. That's incredible. Like, I, again, I don't think we're ever going to see this again in my lifetime. This type of dominance, this type of longevity, type of commitment. I'm going to miss it so much. I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, I mean, there's been Super Bowls without Tom Brady, but this one is going to feel extra weird. You know, and I've been spoiled by that. Like, I don't know what it's like to be in a Super Bowl hype going into it with when there's no Tom Brady around. I just don't know it. I haven't known it for so long because he's always been in it or in the, on the cusp of it, like right there. So I don't know what that's going to be like for the next five, ten years. It's just going to be so weird. And, you know, who knows? What's my next chapter as far as, like, fandom? Like, you know... I I love Batman to death. There's a new Batman movie coming out, and I'm super excited for it. But yet, I feel like I saw like the best version of that already with the Dark Knight trilogy. And who knows, this may, movie may end up being better. You know, movies are different from sports. But you know what I mean in terms of like the feeling and the moments and everything that you went through on the journey. Like nothing will ever top that for me. Like what I experienced with the Dark Knight trilogy, and the same thing is going to happen with football. Like. I don't know how I'm going to be able to enjoy it as obsessively and as fun as it was when Tom Brady played in the NFL. I just really don't know what it's going to be like. 
And it's sad, but it's also like, you know, nothing lasts forever. But I was glad, happy, able to smell the roses on this thing every year. You know, I, I don't go out a lot. I don't, you know, go out to bars or clubs or whatever it is. Usually a pretty loner for the most part. But I'll be satisfied on a Friday night if I don't have to go out and I'm rewatching old Tom Brady games or highlights. I've been doing that for so long already. I've been doing it. I smelt the roses every single time with this guy because I don't know. You don't never know when your team's going to get back to Super Bowl. You never know if this is going to be the end or if they're going to, you know, go down to a freak injury or whatever. So I know I'll have the memories forever and that will make me happy. But the fact that there won't be any more is the sad part. But I've enjoyed the ride. And thank you, Tom, for all the amazing moments that you've given me. I'm glad that I was able to see you play in an actual game in person. Like, I could scratch that off my bucket list. I can never, I don't, even though I never got to go to New England or Tampa, but I got to go to Houston to see him as a Patriots play. Like, I don't ever, ha- I don't, won't have that what if in my life. Like, I got to witness your entire career. I got to see you win multiple Super Bowls. I got to cheer on with my families in so many different moments and victories. Like, I will cherish that forever and ever. You're the best, man. Like, you're just, you're just the absolute best. There will never be another pro athlete like you again farewell Tom Brady it's been an honor to watch you play goodbye it's poetry it's poetry when you see it from that angle One day when my kids, we have the conversation, I'm sitting there, I said, I played against one of the great ones. I'm talking about the greatest of greats. I'll probably tell my kids and grandkids about it. I think he's one of the best in the history uh, of this league. And I appreciate playing against him. He was willing to go beyond limits that people won't go to. You don't find too many players that's willing to sacrifice that much time to doing that. That's why Tom Brady will always be considered one of the greatest of all time.